Yes, we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. This is Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM. 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. That's you, Merced. Winton. El Nido. River Valley and all of the little communities up and down. The 99 and the I-5, even even Santa Nella. So happy to have you here with us on this Saturday morning. That's right, it's the bonus half hour. You waited uh, all the way till 9 o'clock to join us. Well, you missed a lot of a lot of great content today. Let's see. We have to uh, get out of this segment at some point in about 24 minutes. Really happy to have you here with us again. The bonus half hour. My name is Casey Steed, Citizen Watch. And we had a couple of great guests uh, repeat from last week, the 8 a.m. hour in the 6 o'clock hour this week. Because we have a lot of folks that wake up at 6 Listen to the show. They don't listen at 8. They're on with their day and vice versa. Those that sleep in, wake up for Raj and then join us for the 8 a.m. and the 9 a.m. show. We had uh, Vern Warnke repeat on the 6 a.m. hour. A great, great interview. Got a lot of hits on the on the podcast, on the on-demand. Also at 8 a.m. we had Eric Early, who's the candidate for California State Attorney General. Again, the election coming up in June, the primary. Uh, Four or five candidates uh, talking to Mr. Early have thrown their hat in the race. Uh, Whether he wins it outright or gets into a runoff or is even successful in getting to a runoff will be determined uh, starting sometime in mid-May. The ballots come out somewhat early, about a month ahead of the election. By the time June 7th rolls around, it's all over. There's no more voting after June 7th. As you know, the ballots do have a chance to come in, trickle in through the mail. It's amazing how many uh, election results are really change on election day as time goes on as those absentee ballots come in. Of course, as you know, everything is by mail here in California. Uh, virtual voting, all this, all this uh, you know, really easy to vote. And as uh, Mr. Early said, candidate early, uh, vote early. Uh, I didn't, he didn't say vote often, but he wants everybody to vote, and, and so do we. You know, it's it's a, our democratic process, our representative process, and again, big elections coming up, uh, not only on the state level but on the local level. Again, Vern Warnke is on the ballot unopposed, as are the two supervisors, county board of supervisors that are on the ballot this year. Also, that would be Darren McDaniel, District Three, and Council or uh, Supervisor Scotty Silvera. Representing the West Side, West Side is the best side for those folks that live over there in Los Barrios. Dos Barrios. Now, Scotty had a little redistricting, uh, you know, with the census. Everybody went through the redistricting, and he lost Santa Nella. But he wants everybody to know that Santa Nella is still near and dear to him, and it's very close to his district. They gave that part to Rodrigo Espinoza, who I believe represents District Three. And he will be representing the big city of Santa Anella. Big truck, uh, you know, a lot of TOT taxes up there. You've probably heard me talk about this before. Santa Anella brings in the most transient occupancy tax in the valley, or here, well, in the county, here in the Central Valley. You would think it would be downtown Merced, all the hotels, the motels, but no, it's not. 
It's actually out there on Sentinel. And Todd Tax is nice because you can use all of that uh, locally. You don't have to share it with Sacramento because, as we know, when it goes up north, it doesn't come back. Also, in the races, a uh, district attorney, uh, pretty uh, content. I don't know. It could get contentious. I'm sure they'll just keep it about the issues. But a uh, nice article in this week's edition of the Merced County Times, our favorite newspaper for all kinds of uh, exciting news, entertainment, really in-depth. They do, a, they do a great job over there. All of the Johns, John Derby, John Whitaker, John Miller, Beverly Varela, all of the people that helped put together the County Times. Uh, front page. Uh, election 2022, again, I think you're going to see articles almost every week about uh, some candidate or something going on with the election. This week's edition uh, highlights Nicole Silvera. Some people want to say Silviera, but it's Silvera. And the uh, same way with Scotty, same, same spelling as Scott Silvera, the Merced County Supervisor running unopposed. Nicole is not so lucky. She's throwing her hat in the ring against her current boss, which is the current district attorney, Kimberly Helms Lewis. And this is something uh, in the, there was an article not so long ago in the Merced Sunstar, the other paper here in town, and uh, quoting Kimberly Helms as saying that it's not that uncommon for somebody in the office, uh, in the district attorney's office, to rise up and challenge uh, the incumbent. And we saw that a couple of years ago, well, the first term with uh, Larry Morse, who had occupied the office for some time after after a change in leadership there, and Kimberly Helms kind of came out of the blue. Kimberly Helms Lewis came out of the blue and uh, beat Larry uh, in the in the uh, last election we have for DA. That was four years ago, and my, how things have changed. A lot of things have changed, especially over there at the DA's office. Silvera is a 40-year-old native of the Atwater-Livingston area. She's quoted in the article as saying, We bear the responsibility of what goes on in this community. It's not enough for us to be responding to crimes after they happen. We need to be collaborating with our law enforcement partners and supporting them with resources. We need to be doing more large-scale operations that have the effect of not only sweeping up the big criminal players, the shooters, and the people committing violent crimes in our community, but also to serve as a deterrent. The people of Merced County should know that their district attorney is collaborating with local law enforcement agencies, the Department of Justice, the DEA, FBI, and know that these resources are there and we will come down on those who commit crimes. And that, my friends, is what a lot of people want. They want the accountability. They want that deterrent effect because when there is no enforcement, well, the deterrent effect goes away very quickly. And criminals are very adaptive to changing situations. If they would only dedicate their efforts and energies into legitimate purposes, they'd probably be pretty productive citizens because they're, uh, you know, somewhat uh, ingenious in uh, manipulating the current system to benefit themselves. So when things change, uh, they're very adaptable. And we've seen that here locally with the uh, defanging of the police, the defunding of the police, the reductions of sentences, the reductions of crimes from felonies to misdemeanors to not being enforced at all, zero bail, those type of things. Of course, you heard the sheriff talk about uh, booking people now back in at the jail. He started that a couple of weeks ago, got a little pushback from uh, the bench, had to go in and uh, let the bench know that he is the sheriff, the judges, 
who uh, these folks come before them for bail and that sort of thing, they were kind of surprised. Hey, why are people coming in? I thought we had the COVID. The COVID's over. And we have had uh, too much uh, leeway, if you will, with some of these offenses we have going on out there in our community. And it, it actually started before the COVID, according to candidate Silvera, in regards to the district attorney office. This is something that's been uh, going on for some time. She says, I know there are I'm quoting from the article again in this week's edition of the Merced County Times. Great, great edition. I know there were people who were unhappy in our office. Things were not going particularly well. There has been a lot of attrition over the past few years, again, prior to COVID. People leaving, I don't know specific reasons, she she says, but I do think it's telling. I want to say that we've had at least 40 people leave the office. And I'm not talking about just attorneys, but staff members, investigators, and it's been a significant Silvera goes on to say, I just started looking around and I don't think that Merced County was getting the leadership that residents deserve out of the district attorney's office. A dwindling relationship between the DA's office and other local law enforcement agencies was one of the main problems Silvera said she's witnessed. I've always had a good working relationship with law enforcement, she said. When you are a gang prosecutor, you develop relationships with officers from other agencies You have to work really closely on those cases. It's really a disservice to our community if the district attorney does not work with law enforcement. And and I would have to agree because they they go hand in hand. You've heard my old spiel, Law and Order, the old show where first half of the show, the police go out, do their job, enforce the law, hook them up and book them. And then the adjudication process, the second half of the show, the order part of the show in the courtroom and the outcome of those cases, a, a great great series and really uh, highlights what happens in our legal system. So these relationships between law enforcement and the prosecution arm are necessary. They're critical. They have to work hand in glove. And evidently, there's been some concern that the relationships have been strained with our six incorporated cities and the district attorney's office and more specifically, the Merced County Sheriff. One of the things that uh, the Viper, the uh, district attorney had over there was the Viper unit. Now, this is money that Adam Gray brought to the table. Assemblyman Gray, oh, five or six years ago, I believe it was a $5 million grant. 10% dedicated to youth services. We saw that uh, going to a couple of different local nonprofits. Whether the results were what we wanted with the youth portion, I don't know. But as far as the criminal intelligence, uh, the technology that was used in the Viper program, aside from the youth portion, very, very, very effective. Took a lot of bad guys off the street, avoided, uh, averted rather, a lot of incidents uh, that were almost eminent. Three years ago, this is again from the article in the Merced County Times, quoting Nicole Silvera, a candidate for district attorney against Kimberly Helms Lewis. She said, three years ago, we had five analysts today we're down to one. And again, when you're trying to be proactive, when you're trying to stop crime in its tracks, you really need to have those folks on board. You can't be losing uh, that brain drain. We're also quoted here, and when I say we, uh, Citizen Watch is also quoted here in the article. Very, very nice. Merced County, let me read from that portion. Merced County Sheriff Warnke has endorsed Silvera's campaign, and he hasn't been shy about calling for change at the district attorney's office. During an interview with the Citizens Watch program on KYOS Radio, Warren, he said he was beyond, quote, frustration and aggravation, unquote, 
as his department attempts to enforce the law with regards to serious local crimes and public health dangers that are linked to homeless individuals who end up facing no charges. And Vern goes on to say a little bit more about a new auto theft task force fee that he's not really in in favor of uh, taxing the constituents here in the county more for things that they should be doing already. He's not on board with that. But when we get back to the homeless situation and the individuals who cause a great deal of problems that don't want the help that's that's offered we heard the sheriff talk quite candidly that out of 100 individuals contacted recently two two took the sheriff up on the supportive services the wraparound services the reach around the low bar you know come in high bring all your stuff bring the dog bring the shopping cart we have a room for you two people accepted the other 98 and let me tell you in percentage wise this was very helpful to old case because my mcoe math leaves a lot to be desired i was a product of the system here many years ago we even used to have grades back then now we don't even want to have grades evidently from the latest report on education but i digress that means 98 percent of the folks did not want help if only two out of 100 took it so very very disappointing so what's the alternative What's the deterrent? And that gets back to, if we don't have any deterrent, the activity continues. And I only use the McKee Road Bridge over Bear Creek as an example. Several weeks ago, the Bear Creek Yacht Club, we really haven't had a chance to talk about their efforts after the fact, but they went over on a Saturday uh, right after the show or over there cleaning up underneath the bridge. Got a little pushback from some of the occupants underneath the bridge, the bridge dwellers. Uh, feeling that they were, you know, stealing their uh, property, taking their property without permission. Well, I guess there's going to be another cleanup coming up this Tuesday, March 29. Now, this is the rumor I heard only because I passed by the bridge. I've been kind of keeping an eye after the Bear Creek Yacht Club went in there a couple of weeks ago. I believe it was on the 12th of March, and by the 16th, it was back to normal. You couldn't even tell they'd been there. And on the 12th of March, they had taken out two tons i believe i got that from the the uh, commander the uh, you know one of the uh, officials over there at the bear creek yacht club two tons of trash in a weekend with their volunteers and again commendable we'd love to see that but right back to the same situation not even a week later and that is unacceptable where again is the ter- deterrent effect i told you they put the four new signs one on each corner of the bridge you know no camping no storage of materials penalty of uh you know some <laughs> some municipal code some ordinance so i was uh, really disappointed to see how quickly the situation deteriorated so i was driving by and a couple of uh, mpd merced police officers coming up out of the bush and i uh, stopped and uh, just you know out the window rolled down the window made sure they could see the hands no threat to them and said hey are you running people out of there oh well this is the sheriff's area first thing out of the mouth this is the sheriff's area. And I thought, well, uh, you know, it doesn't answer the question, but let's try again. I said, well, are you getting rid of them? Are they, are they still down there? Oh, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we're going to big, 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 big operation. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe that'll have some teeth. I don't know. I thought the Bear Creek Yacht Club was doing a good job kind of keeping an eye on things. I, I think you almost need to adopt a bridge. You almost need to adopt a section of the creek and adopt a camp. Maybe we can have an adopt the camp 
program here in town. I don't know, run the, run the party trailer out there, the mayor's party trailer or party limo. I don't know what he's got going on, but we need to do something where we keep the pressure, the efforts of cleanup almost on a daily basis, because if you let them set up, well, it's all over. And uh, this is what I've seen under the Bear Creek Bridge. You see, have you ever, <laughs> have you been by 13th and G Street lately? Now, there's a there's an eyesore that you can't believe. So again, going back to the district attorney's race, very, very important that we have that cooperation between the sheriff, between the other law enforcement agencies, because let me tell you, if Vern Warnke, if Sheriff Warnke can't get it done, the other six cities, the other six incorporated cities in our county, they don't have a chance. And you have to have the cooperation of the district attorney. Again, dumping of solid waste into the creek, these type of things, totally unacceptable. If you and I were to do that, if a farmer... If one of the ag guys were to do that, they'd be shut down. They'd be there'd be lawsuits. But yet we have a whole population of individuals that have no concern for the community that are allowed to do these things with impunity, with absolutely no consequence. Remove rocks, burn the landscape, trash, pollute the river, pollute the creek, the waterway, the irrigation ditch, whatever you want to call Bear Creek. It's absolutely unbelievable and unacceptable. Sheriff Warnke, again, uh, very, very vocal on the program last week. If you want to hear that, just go to 1480kyos.com. They're all there, all the shows. And you can hear his comments. So, again, I uh, want to thank uh, the candidates coming out talking uh, about the issues. They're very, very serious issues. Hopefully, we can get the other side of the coin and uh, some of the responses to this uh, pretty lengthy article. Again, the Merced County Times able to really go into depth on that. And Eric Early, again, our guest at the 8 a.m. hour, the candidate for attorney general here in the state of California, a fairly conservative individual talking about the responsibilities of the district attorneys in the 58 counties. Of course, some of the bigger counties, San Francisco, Oakland, Los Angeles, uh, very, very easy to look at some of their missteps, especially when the mayors of those cities and uh, some of those areas come out and say hey the defunding movement was all wrong and we need to go in a different direction specifically law and order protect businesses protect private enterprise so that they can generate the tax dollars that government needs so it's going to be a very uh, interesting race for district attorney another one is the assembly race as you know adam gray is moving on to try to fill the seat, the vacated seat of Jim Costa, the new newly created district. Jim is uh, moving down to Fresno, back back south to represent them, and Adam Gray is throwing his hat in the ring. But it leaves a, a big vacuum at the, super, at the uh, assembly level. And as you know, uh, former sheriff Mark Pazin, former reserve deputy Mark Pazin, it's my understanding he is no longer with the Merced County Sheriff's Office and in Vern's interview that we had last week, and you can hear it in his own words, uh, neutral position not supporting at this time the former sheriff and his former employee. So very, very telling in that race of uh, some uh, changes that have gone on since the debate that, uh, well, really wasn't a debate. It was more of a candidate's uh, uh, Q&A with Mark Payson over there at the Board of Realtors, the Merced County Board of Realtors. Association of Realtors, excuse me. And he had indicated that he had the sheriff's support in his run for assembly. 
And that has that has changed since that uh, meeting back on March 7th with the Merced County Association of Realtors. The Farm Bureau had their 104th annual meeting yesterday. Friday was well attended. A lot of uh, fun, a lot of support for our Farm Bureau. As you know, water this year is a critical, critical thing. The State Water Board has basically decimated the flows. Uh, they're not working with the irrigation districts. A few years ago, we all met down at the Merced Theater, took the train to Sacramento, rallied on the steps. Evidently, that all fell upon deaf ears. These appointed boards and bodies appointed by the electeds that you elect really don't have the best interests of the Central Valley at heart. It's truly sad to see this on display. And it again just re just reinforces the fact that elections are so important. Kitty Land's opening this weekend. It's a great, great jewel of Applegate Park. Something that I would encourage people, if you've never taken your children, grandkids, uh, even even adults, it, it's a lot of fun. Also, the Teal Top Roller Hockey Court opened this week to Great Fanfare Wednesday. They had a nice opening. A lot of people attended. Again, uh, somewhat controversial when it first came out, you know, the expenditure, should we, should we not do it? I think this is a great opportunity for different types of recreation here in Merced County. We're growing. Uh, we got a lot of people coming in from out of the area that didn't used to live here before, and we need to have all types of recreation opportunities. One interesting thing the mayor mentioned is maybe having the basketball court resurface next to this new teal top court because when you <laughs> when you see something new uh, next to an old basketball court, it's very, very obvious that more work needs to be done at Applegate Park. And again, these are where I think our public dollars should be committed, public safety the amenities that the public can use that benefit everybody in the county of Merced. Sprouts, uh, new Sprouts coming in over there at the Raley's. Uh, well, it's the shopping center across from Raley's, the new, what is it, uh, Merced Village uh, Village Station, whatever it is over there on the corner of G and Yosemite. A lot of people excited about that. It's a grocery store, kind of a high-end store. But again, not going over into the south side, but coming over to the north side, Joe Pruzo, man of the year in this week's Merced County Times. Again, uh, well-deserved. All the things that Joe does over there for the Castle Air Museum. Just another jewel. Another jewel here in the city of Merced. Also, the Ada Givens Pool going to the city council meeting very quickly. I know we're jumping around. Last week, the Ada Givens Pool closed since 2011. That's a long time, uh, my MCOE math. That's that's almost 10 years, I think. And they're going to uh, spend a couple hundred thousand, about a quarter of a million dollars, and get that back up and running for the summer. And I think that's really great. I know as a kid, uh, there were some public-private pools around here, and a lot of people use those. And I think that uh, that is good money. They're using the weed money, the pot money, the dope money, the uh, measure, what is it, measure W, measure weed money. They're using that. For the public benefit, and I think that's really what it was meant for, right? We were trying to get some public benefit, some uh, something that everybody could benefit from. If we gave the you know legalized drug dealing, basically, which is you know it's legal. Hey, what the heck? So uh, trying to you know get our little spiff, get our beak wet to the tune of two hundred fifty thousand dollars to renovate the Ada Givens pool. So it's a great thing. Hey, you know we're out of time. It goes quick, doesn't it? it really does go quick. A lot of things. Uh, a lot of other things were talked at at the city council meeting that was held Monday night. One of the big things is do we continue the 
phone in public comment and there was uh, some back and forth between Bertha Perez and our mayor. Turns out we're, uh, we're still going to allow that one minute uh, for these activists to call in. The county, interestingly enough, decided, no, it's over. If you want to come speak before the Board of Supervisors, you need to roll on down there at 10 a.m. in the morning or submit a letter. You can submit a voicemail, but they're not going to be read during the meeting. City of Merced, eh, they're still, still uh, well, they're going to allow it for now. I hope they revisit that someday. I think, uh, I think that's really opening up a can of worms. And it's going to be very hard to enforce. But hey, we're out of time for the bonus half hour. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.